Welcome to Dead Harvey Podcast. This is the place for independent horror filmmakers and fans. Today we have a very special guest. Jefferson Apgar has come back uh, to talk to us about the classic movie Beastmaster. We're going to to revisit indie filmmaker Don Coscarelli's classic film Beastmaster from 1982 and talk about how it influenced other movies, the influence that it had on us, and kind of go into some uh, behind the scenes kind of stuff. Welcome, Jefferson. How are you today? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Brad. How are you? Good. Awesome to have you back. And we had both talked earlier about uh, Beastmaster and about how much we love this movie. I hadn't seen it in a couple of years, so it was a real treat to go and revisit this one. Yeah, it was for me as well. Like it, 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 it kind of brought me back to just the tales of yore, like like yeah. um, like Hercules, you know, Xena. You know, it, it, it kind of brought me back to that 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 tale, and and, and it was before the birth of CGI. Yeah, and, and you and everything was practical, and and that was one of the first things that captured my interest when I was watching it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, might as well too. Yeah, that's cool that you mentioned um, Xena and Hercules and all that because that probably was specifically influenced by Beastmaster, or at least, or at least partly because uh, that kind of most certainly, like that, yeah, it had like that sort of like fun setting uh, to it, and then like all like the cool side characters and the and the fantasy element and the sword and sorcery on top of it too. Yeah, so, yeah, and not just uh, that, and not just that, but it kind of had like, I mean. I'm going to, I'm going to use this term, but I'm, I don't mean it in a demeaning way, but yeah. it was very much like, like a, like, like a B movie oh, for sure, like, yeah. or, or like a, you know, like a show you would find, you would just randomly see on TV one day. It, it kind of had that budget, but the story and the characters were so well written that like the, it, it kind of meshed very well, you know, like, yeah, I mean, that's kind of like how I, viewed it yeah and this was like a big budget version of uh you know hercules and xena or yeah 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 definitely so uh don coscarelli uh the movies he made before this was jim the world's greatest in 75 uh phantasm one through four starting in 75 going to 98 kenny and company in 76 and then the great Beastmaster in 1982 and then he went on to do uh, a deal, the last in line, survival quest, Bubba Hotep, which we talked about, Master yeah. of the Poor episode, yeah. which also based off a Joe Lansdale book and then or short story, and then John dies at the end. Now oh, this is wow. weird because you'd think that the Beastmaster is a studio movie because it was right. distributed by MGM, but it was actually independently financed and then it was sold to MGM. So they actually made oh. it through money that they went out and sought after themselves, which I thought was cool. Um yeah, yeah. I mean that that's interesting. I didn't know that. Wow. Starring Mark Singer, Tanya Roberts from uh A View to a Kill. That was another one of her very uh famous movies. And she was in uh Charlie's Angels uh, partially as well, too. Yeah. Um uh, yeah. and this is the cool thing about this is that this movie was oh, and of course Mark Singer from V, the, the Reptile Alien Invasion show, which was awesome as well. Right. Um, this was based off of a book um by Andre Norton. But Andre Norton's real name is actually Alice Norton because Alice, uh, she changed her name. She legally changed her name because when she wrote this, I believe this came in, she wrote this in 1959, I believe. Uh, but the novel that it's based off of, she didn't want her name on the movie because it was so vastly different from the book. It basically took the original idea of 
speaking to animals and then like become you know becoming a hero and then like the sort of the the whole um the prophecy element of it uh, but everything else her setting was more kind of like sci-fi fantasy whereas this one was more like sword and sorcery yeah yeah that's actually something that that's one of my notes i took down was in the the original book was it took place in like a far future yeah where, where mankind has i mean yeah there's technology there but um the, you know they've kind of had to re like kind of like tarzan like tarzan with technology kind yeah of like, it kind like, of reminded me of like a john carter of mars kind of thing um from, from yeah. like, like her yeah. Book, like yeah that sort of element some kind of like cosmic stuff and then like the sci-fi fantasy in there but she actually wrote under a male pen name because at that time uh that fantasy was really popular with young boys so like the young adult audience that was reading those books were mostly male that's why she changed her name and and had it uh. and, and now they've actually uh, named an award after her um but she did what's well, funny that she didn't put her name on this one but she put it on the two super low budget cheesy sequels afterwards <laughs> but they were pro- but they did even though they're super cheesy and low budget they do kind of resemble more of that like, of super cheesy fantasy element and sci-fi fantasy as opposed to just straight up sword and sorcery yeah right so that may be why yeah wow that's very interesting um <laughs> wasn't i mean that was in the movie um casanova with um heath ledger was about oh. that was oh no kidding it was about that i mean it wasn't about him it, it was about an author who was a female mm-hmm. and female writers weren't respected yeah. So they would purposely uh, make their name male, like mm-hmm. like when they would publish a book. Yeah. So that's very interesting. Like, yeah, it, I thought that was little, cool because yeah. that's that's an actual historical thing. Like that, oh, that's yeah. a true fact. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, that I had no idea. Like there was a lot of the stuff that was in the commentary uh, that I picked up too. Like especially like with the uh, with the tiger in the movie. Uh, the the tiger. Was supposed to be. Um, uh, I got no like tiger. Was be a leopard or? Wait, I, it, I got. Oh, it. panther. Yeah. That's right, panther. Was it's supposed, supposed to, be panther. to be a panther, but I mean, it's clearly. A, I, I got. I got. I got a little note here. Yeah, they literally dyed a tiger black. Yeah, like they use they use hair color dye to make this tiger black. Yeah, and. I mean, they wouldn't allow that today, but oh, not at all. You, you yeah. can clearly see it's a tiger. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I didn't know any different. Like when I was a kid watching, I was like, "What a cool panther!" Yeah, <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but and and there is like when you watch the movie too, that you bring that up. It's like there are different varying degrees of of the tiger being dyed like because it's like sometimes it's like a little bit of a lighter color a lot of times you're like oh well they yeah 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 it, lo- it looks purple yeah. sometimes yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and there are some kind of like the gray like parts of like his whiskers that are sort of hanging out there that's coming through the dye but yeah it was, yeah. It was uh yeah that's funny that's it's funny to notice because uh, it will definitely like stick out when you're aware of it it's funny look like, some things you're aware of and all of a sudden you notice them right away but you never notice them before then until somebody points them out that exactly was, yeah was like, like if, if this if it isn't like kind of like explained to you like like i mean especially when you're watching as a kid you're like yeah that's a panther yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was difficult for them to do scenes 
like they were talking like Coscarelli and uh, Paul Pepperman. He was the Paul Pepperman was the the co-writer on it and producer. And they were talking about how difficult it was to film the scenes with the kid actors because the kid actors could never be around when like the tiger was in the scene or their animals like that were in the scene. They had to have like this plexiglass between the two of them. And oh yeah, so it made it more difficult. Of course, like with kid actors, you can only use them for a partial amount of time. Can't use them as much as adult actors. Right, and, right. And with animals on top of that, that adds in a whole other like chaotic element. And there was a cool story too about the about the Russian bear. There was the bear that they used, and they, apparently, like there's this one Russian bear they just use for like almost every movie, or that they were using for almost every movie at the time, <laughs> and. The it bear probably was of, a grizzly bear, probably. Uh, yeah, yeah. And the bear attacked the trainer, and a lot of the crew members, like they just fled and they went out to the uh they went out to like a trailer and like locked themselves inside of there. So the other people that couldn't get in there had to like go climb up the trees. There was either like other people oh or, my the, or the trainer that had to climb up the tree after the after the bear attacked. But that 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 story <laughs> sounds familiar. I, I, re- I remember that was like a huge like thing like like it was like the it was like one of the first like major attacks on a trainer yeah, for, yeah. uh from uh, yeah oh wow <laughs> yeah, it, was crazy. It, it was funny because the Except bear attack gri- grizzlies are oh yeah yeah i had i went camping uh last year and there was like it was on the blackfoot and there was a bear outside of my tent for like an hour and a half and i thought i was gonna fucking oh my goodness like the bear i (laughs) my friend and i we got drunk you you were in a tent like a just a basic tent yeah it was along the blackfoot river there was actually a lady that was that was um about three days before i went up there she was dragged out of her tent because she brought snacks into her tent and the bear dragged her out of the tent and and mauled her to death. And some people that were nearby, they they sprayed the bear with bear spray and scared it off. But by that time, the bear had already killed her. And they found it and shot it a couple of days later. But oh. this was like, I knew about that story before I went up there. So my friend and I, we got drunk and we were by the, the campfire. And the campfire was close to my tent. And so we we made some snacks on there, you know, like when it's late night drinking, and then you can make some snacks. Yeah. And so the and so the bear came sniffing around at like two in the morning, and I could he was sniffing around the campfire, probably sniffing. And I was like, I just gotta lay here as quiet as possible, because I had like the bear spray, and I was like, if I spray it, it'll probably spray back into my face. And I did have a gun there, but I was like, if I if I shoot the wrong way, I could hit my friend in the other tent over there and his family. Uh, right. So I was like, I'm just going to lie still and hope this bear doesn't murder me. And so the, bear, <laughs> the bear just for like an hour and a half paced around the campfire. I heard him snort and he made this weird like guttural noise. So I was like, this is a real life monster. And uh, did, this, did you did you ever see like the shadow of the bear or anything like that? Like, I could. Did, I like, did, did not. I didn't see the shadow. I'm but sure I, you heard it. But like, did you? Was, was, was there a three, visual? Yeah, he was like three to six feet outside of the tent. And I was not even looking that way, but I heard the weight of him moving around outside of me. And he's just like this real low, like bellowing oh, noise, my grunts that he was making. Uh, and, you know, all it would take for a grizzly bear is like one swipe and, you know, like. Yeah. Almost, you know, yeah. They, 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 yeah, exactly. One swipe and you're done. Like what, whether you be a human or any sort of animal. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was speaking of bears. um, (laughs) The Beastmaster Mm -hmm. has contact with the bear in the movie. 
Well, yeah, it's like a kid, like the bear comes out and he's a, and he's attacking uh, one of the people in his village. And then, the yeah, yeah, right. So the Beastmaster, he learns that he can communicate with animals and has a special power with animals because of yeah. that bear. And it was hilarious because the bear was like all super tame looking on the commentary. They're like, this bear does not look intimidating at all. Yet it attacked the trainer like, like, like right around that time. But in the scene, it was just like, ah, I'm super mellow right now. I'm wait, wait, mellow. wait. Th- that That bear? Mm-hmm. In that yeah. in Beastmaster is the same bear like that attacked the the trainer like that's... yeah as far as I know like from the story I don't think they had like I think they only had one bear because they were they were describing it like there was this one bear that did all like the stunt stuff there was like one stunt bear it was like a rush a trained Russian stunt bear and they uh-huh. used it for all the movies uh, but the bear was just all maybe. Maybe what happened is maybe they drugged it up after it attacked the trainer. And so maybe that's why it looked so slothish. But they were yeah, talking about how disappointed yeah. they were that it didn't look intimidating at all. They're like, ah, we hope people don't notice this. I never noticed that when I was a kid. But when you look at it in the movie, the bear's got like kind of like this cute face. It's kind of funny. Like it's like, They just do like this, this close up of it. It doesn't look like he wants to attack anybody at all. Um, but I'd never known he's oh, any difference as a kid. Here's uh, another funny thing about like, special effects wise for it that i remember them talking about the you know that liquid so like his parents the beastmaster's parents they pour these witches they pour this liquid over their necks and then the and then when they pour it over the necks like the witches make the baby grow from the mom they put it into the cow and that's yeah. you know it's creeped me out as a kid and it creeped me out they're putting the stuff around the neck it's like it's gonna love their thing. head and make it fall off and i was so creeped out when i was a kid but like they were like yeah we just Everybody thought that was a cool effect, but we just basically took like those glow lights that you use at like rave parties and we just broke it open and now nah, we just use that for it. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. a pretty good low budget effect right there. You know, the witches were um they're in Hercules. They're the three um, yeah. uh the three fates. Yeah, it kind of reminds me what it's of called. Like, like is in that Her- from Macbeth Remember the well Disney too, movie Hercules that... where it has like okay. the three witches yeah. and they're passing the eye and they, they make it comical, but like that's what they are. They're the three fates. They can determine, they tell you what can transpire if this happens and whatever. And, uh, that That's what those three witches were. That's yeah. why they look, that's why when they look up, like none of them have eyes. I think one of them has an eye or something like that, but they're the three fates from um, Roman mythology. Yeah. So, so I thought that was really cool. And that was the, and, and I got their names here too. Yeah. So they're uh, Clotho, Lachesis, and Atropos. Yeah, right on. Those, those are the three witches' names. Yeah, and yeah, they and they determine like the fates. Yeah, anyway, but yeah, it's great. Like they also too had. It was funny when they were talking in the commentary. They're like, we wanted to get like we wanted to freak people out by using by having women with like they sought out like models they're like we're gonna get like these yeah. curvaceous yeah like like just Dude, like they were they were they were pretty sexy if, if <laughs> yeah I'm... but then like the face <laughs> is all like messed up and then no, no have, exactly like... and that's and that's <laughs> what that that's that was the witch thing yeah like yeah kind of reminds me of like sirens also as well too like you know like the like the if like like in greek mythology like you're talking about how like they come out of the they come out of the ocean they sing to they sing to the guys and they're like they're all perfect looking but then they turn into like these hell spawns and attack them but yeah. here it's just like the body's perfect but then like the face is like melting and like dripping off yeah and it did look like that was the like the one part that like still was like is this intentional with this makeup because it's like they're 
their faces are like melting off and shit, but then it looks like there's just like some low budget prosthetics just like hanging from the yeah. edges of their cheek. Or I, th- I think I think that's just I think this I think that's just a byproduct of the technology of the time or the prosthetics of the time. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. but yeah, um, that that was the first thing I noticed <laughs> when I was watching it. What because wh- which is what connects him to I I, I mean. Is is he half man, half god? I mean, is he? Is he? They never explain I, that at all. That, at least that, that I. At least that's, that I what, that's why I was asking because I was wondering because because it's so kind of like jumbled, like how he was born and everything. Like, and and the only reason why I make that connection is because of those three witches. Is because yeah. it, they deal with the gods and stuff. Yeah, like, that's true. That's a good point. It could be like. Um, it like, could be like, that like, maybe they had that in an earlier version or a backstory that they didn't put in. It's sort of at the end of the movie, you know, like when the whole village cheers him, it's sort of, yeah. I think like they're implying that it's like, he's like the chosen one. It's like a prophecy kind yeah. of thing, but they don't flat out say it though. No, um, exactly. Yeah. I actually appreciate that. Like, yeah. I, li- I like when they don't be like, you're the chosen one, but then you have really cool movies like uh, the Lego movie. Yeah. Where they po- where they poke fun at that like like yeah. oh oh you're the chosen one oh mm-hmm. now you're oh you have to do this you have to do that you know it, they poke fun at that but like I love when it's kind of ingrated into a story to where yeah, yeah. you kind of have to figure that out like let's it's like oh okay this person needs to you know find himself kind of yeah. thing <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was good. You know, it kind of reminded me of Conan a little bit. And he brought that up because I was like, why is Conan yes, able to I, like slay I, all these yes. people with perfection? So you know that like Krom sort of smiles down upon him, even though, even though Conan's like, damn you, Krom. <laughs> you know, he's like, Yeah, you not let me kill these people, then to hell with you. And like, even though uh, it's like Conan, you're not being very respectful of Krom here, but it seems like Conan is almost <laughs> kind of like a demigod or something but like they don't flat out say it either like right right like it's smile upon him it's 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 insinuated like (laughs) it's like they don't have to say it like you (laughs) they show it through it's like okay this person is exponential to a regular person in in some way or another yeah you know and and um I, i i would go as far as to say i mean if you were to look at him through the lens of like comic books and superheroes like you could argue like he's a he's a mutant he's a mm-hmm. superhero in some way like yeah, he can, he can communicate yeah. not yeah. only communicate but control like the emotions of an animal you know like mm-hmm. like he can you know tell a bear to attack something or whatever it is you know so in a way you could argue it is a superpower yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. You know, I, oh, I think I, for sure. I, I yeah. think I think one could win that argument. Yeah. If if you could command animals on yeah. the land, I think you'd be much more valuable or powerful than commanding animals in the sea, like Aquaman does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, that's actually a very interesting parallel because I mean, yeah. I think that's probably like, like. Beastmaster and Aquaman are kind of <laughs> yeah. they're argue neighbors. have the same power. It's yeah. just one's land and one's water. Yeah, that that's that's a very I like that. I like how you said that. Aquaman, yeah. 
Because there's the like there's the evil god. So Rip Torn is like the cult leader. There's the evil god that he's sacrificing the kids to. But they don't like they don't yeah. mention any kind of like merciful god or like good god. No, people and, worshiping. And, and again, I, yeah. I and again, I kind of appreciate yeah. that. Like I like how they kind of like don't have to mention it. Like it's yeah. just the way the actors and the way the writing is and everything. It's it's just implied that. It's like okay, there's something greater going on, but we're not into that. We're 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 into Dar right now, you know, kind of thing. But, but you but you understand there's a supernatural element to it. Yeah, it leaves um, it open for the supernatural element because there's the witches, there's the yeah, like, the, the scene the through witch, the eyeball, the, the, the magic open the movie. Yeah, 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 definitely. So it does leave, even though he's like the only like really core. Well. I was going to say he's the only core supernatural character or the only core supernatural hero, but the villains all like use magic and shit. So yeah. that, that yeah. element of magic is definitely prevalent throughout. And and I love how like everyone knows how to use it, mm-hmm. yeah. but, mm-hmm. but he has it in him, but he doesn't use it like, 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 I guess like a wizard would like he yeah. uses it. He, he, he just naturally does it. Like he, he he's communicated with animals since he was born. So to him, that's just normal. So like his magic is just normal to him. Whereas like the, the people that wield magic around him are kind of characters that have had to, I don't know, steal it, earn it, whatever it is. But like, but like to him, like it's just who he is, you know, he, you know? Yeah. so, So that's another great contrast for sure. This is I thought was a great like piece of trivia about it as well too. Um, so it was uh, shown so often on TBS, and it, its popularity gained a similar joke that TBS stood for Beastmaster Station. Um, <laughs> and like a programming uh, director for TNT claimed it was the second only to Gone with the Wind as the most popular movie to air on the network, and wow. attributed its success to its mythological appeal. It's more serious than the Conan movies. Uh, well, a programming yeah, yeah. director at Cinemax stated that you can come into any part of it and not feel like you've missed much. That's true, actually. That's a good point. Yeah, th- that, is, that is a good point. Yeah. Wow. That's a very good description. I like that. Yeah. And Dennis Miller uh, made a joke that uh, he said HBO stands for, hey, Beastmaster's on. Uh, <laughs> because they showed up so much on there, too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Beastmaster's on. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. that. That's funny. Oh, here's some other like trivia about uh Beastmaster. Okay, this is kind of cool. Uh, this is from TV oh tvovermind.com. Uh there's a scene in the movie of a hawk soaring. The hawk chosen for the part would only soar while landing. To resolve this issue, the bird's cage was attached to helium balloons, and the cage door was triggered to open and release the bird when the cage was high enough. This allowed the crew to capture the hawk soaring. I thought that was kind of cool. Oh, wow. That is cool. <laughs> this is cool. The John Horde temple was lit with torches, and those created black smoke. For this reason, the crew was forced to wear breathing masks, and the actors had to repeatedly have their nostrils cleaned by the makeup artist. <laughs> 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 oh, man. That's awesome. And the mask worn by the death guard did not have any eye sockets, so the actor playing this part couldn't see what was happening. You might notice the death guard running around in the movie, waving his arms around as it stopped him from bumping into the props and scenery. I thought that was funny too. (laughs) (laughs) It's awesome. 
Oh, this this is great. There were budget limitations, and this impacted on how much it was possible to spend on actors. The budget was set to $25 per day per person. For this reason, homeless people were hired for the scene where Singer meets his father. This scene was shot during the night at Simi Valley. Yeah. Oh. I wonder if they like bumped their budget up for I remember when I first they must have. I was like a I was like a non-union extra for a couple of things. It was like fifty dollars a day, unless unless you were like exposed to the weather or something like that. But uh, you know, or like they do those things called like bumps if you have to wear certain outfits, or or they're doing a scene where it's raining or anything like that. They they pay you more, but but yeah, twenty five dollars yeah. a day, man. Well, that would be tough to make it now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, absolutely. Especially if you're working hours. <laughs> yeah, five dollars. Do you, okay. Do you know who that actor is that plays the villain? The the, uh, the, Rip, the Rip warlock. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I I learned that doing my research, and it blew me away. I just saw him in Men in Black the other day. I was like, I forgot he was in Men in Black. I remember, dude. dude he's, in, yeah. he's in. He's in. He's so in a lot many of shit. Yeah. yeah, he had like Rip Torn. He had a a prosthetic put on his nose because he wanted to play his character like a bald eagle. That's how, that's how he said he wanted to play his character like an evil bird. <laughs> how interesting is that? That's amazing. I thought that was great. <laughs> okay, here's one right here. The this is like the the last kind of trivial I'll put out on this part. But for the casting of the role of Kiri, Coscarelli wanted Demi Moore to play the role. However, the executive producer overrode the decision. Instead, Tony Roberts was cast in the role and also played Stacey Sutton in the 1985 Bond movie, A View to a Kill. Uh, so that's that's uh-huh. crazy. We would have seen Demi Moore in that movie if things yeah, were so yeah, like yeah. Or if I think, I, think I remember in. seeing that in the trivia as well. Yeah, Demi Moore was originally wanted, yeah. She ended up being in another like super low budget like uh sci-fi horror movie I saw called Parasite. I think it was like an early 90s movie or something. But that was before um you know uh before the days of GI Jane and striptease and all the all the classics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the the movies that put her on the map. Yeah, definitely. Like yeah. the super high budget ones, yeah. So now Yeah, the the redhead in the movie is pardon my French hot. <laughs> oh, extremely hot. Yeah. Tony Robbins. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is she was in Sheena. And I remember in the so that was she was in like the female version of, of Tarzan Sheena. And I remember when that movie came out and it was PG, there was nudity in it. And I think I went through puberty when I watched that movie or something. But <laughs> this one, yeah. So the PG movies used to have nudity. And the funny thing is, is that Coscarelli was talking about how they intentionally know Dar slays a lot of people in this movie. And they're like, you may notice he slays a lot of people and there's no blood on the sword. That's because we were trying to cut back on the on the gore because we wanted this to be a family movie. <laughs> you know, they just you know, they throw <laughs> yeah, they throw in the, just like random nudity. But but yeah. nowadays, nowadays, it's like everything's violent. You barely <laughs> see any nudity. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't bother me at all. I mean, that's why I like well, Rush Jack to go. She's seen it. Well, I mean that it's yeah, very, yeah. it's very <laughs> natural. I mean, that is how it would be in the woods, that's essentially. Right. If you, uh, you know, what I mean, I mean, I'm no expert, but yeah, I've heard people who've gone to live with people in the bush, the bush mm-hmm. people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and they've mentioned that, like, like love is a different concept, like, like nudity, and and like is it's a different it's a different concept in, in, in the wilderness kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. 
So to me, as attractive as that was, mm-hmm. it made sense to me on the level of like where the movie takes place, you know, like, like yeah, it, for sure. it, it's yeah. meant to be like in like medieval times, Robin Hood. So, so it made sense. You know, you come across someone in the woods and you're naked and like mm-hmm. that, 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 that made, to, I mean, I don't know about you, but it, to me, it made sense. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly, that looks like exactly what would happen if you were in the woods and came across another person. Yeah. They said they only <laughs> got like one or two shots from it because uh, she was so pissed off because she was so freezing cold in it. I'll give you go on those. I remember like the kid going to like the lake and it was so damn cold. So they're like, they're like, you can't see it, but she's cursing as she's walking off screen. That's like we got oh, really? like one or two takes, but <laughs> but yeah, she was not very happy. <laughs> yeah. you, you you know what else I noticed? I mean, I don't mean this as a negative, mm-hmm. but it, but it's just something I noticed. There's a lot of ADR. I you know what you're like, absolutely right. Like, I know there's I a lot of well ADR. Yeah, I like that like well that's too. something that I picked <laughs> up on like mm-hmm. right away. I'll, you know, yeah. and again, it's not a negative, but it's noticeable. Yeah. And I wonder if that was because it was, it was tough to get sound. Well, you know what? I think that may have been because I think they were shooting around Simi Valley for a lot of it. So there's probably planes that screwed up the sound going, yeah. over, going overhead or whatnot. So yeah, yeah. That's and he's probably of, what was happening. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Kind of like um, whenever you film a club scene or, yeah. or a dance scene in a movie, uh, in reality, there's no music and everyone's just like supposed to kind of like dance, like as if there is yeah, yeah, music. Yeah. Like, so, so um, that kind of, it kind of relates to that in a way where they 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 may have just cut out the sound completely and they had mm-hmm. to go back and 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 record all the voices over every, i mean it, it it's probably they're, they're it's probably the same actors they they just had to go back and record their voiceover because like you said like it could have yeah. been planes it could have been yeah. it could have been just just jungle noises you know birds yeah, yeah. You, know, you know like you know you're sitting there you're you're filming a scene and all of a sudden you hear like a ah! you have to cut that out so rather than go through it and cut it out meticulously i think i mean this is just my opinion and my perception i think that's why you hear so much adr yeah you know yeah i totally noticed that too like especially like the last couple times i was just like this movie has a shitload of adr in it yeah i, I, I did yeah it's like it is one of those things that's kind of like, yeah, it could it could bother you if you're. I think if you're used to, well, if you don't watch a lot of a lot of older movies and stuff, it's probably something that 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 would. But like oh yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's where it all movies, started. That's where it, it all probably, started. ADR. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It would probably bother me, but like it doesn't bother. I think it kind of has. It a didn't bit bother of a me at all. No, it didn't bother yeah. me. I'm. Just, I was just saying, like I noticed it. You know, like I agree. Uh, I was like, oh, that's ADR. Oh, that's it's, ADR. And, and then it got to the point where it's like, oh, damn, this is all ADR. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's happened so often that you just kind of like, well, I guess I better just get used to it because <laughs> yeah. it, it's calm. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Like you just have, you just have to accept it. And then I was like, it, yeah, like, well, I guess I'll just look at it as a part of like a Kung Fu element to this movie. Where, yeah. Right? yeah. Uh, that, that, yeah. That's actually a good little example. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is kind of like that. Yeah. Like it's, um, yeah. Um, yeah. 
I can't say it better. You said it. Yeah, <laughs> it's very much like a, a like a foreign film. Yeah. Um, where ADR is heavy. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I do have a few more. Uh, yeah, definitely notes here. Like, sorry, I got sticky, I got sticky notes like all over yeah. the place here. So, so you know, you know, this was um the entire story Mm -hmm. i think you've heard of this the hero's journey oh yeah Mm -hmm. you've heard of that right yeah that's what uh that's what lucas based star wars off of yeah exactly i I just recently had a big conversation with my brother about it because we just watched prey oh yeah the hulu movie yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and 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 i told him i was like that's that's the hero's journey like it's there's a beautiful graph I'll I'll send you where mm-hmm. they how it's all and I'm sure that Frodo from Frodo from Lord of the Rings. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Is it the circular one? It's the circular yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. hero's yeah, journey cool. that yeah. that and, and, and that's found in every single culture across time. So that's very, very interesting to me. Yeah, definitely. Like, it does follow yeah, the yeah, you're right. It does they, follow they, the hero's journey yeah, it starts off, you know, you're called to action. Mm-hmm. You resist it at first, and then you go, and then you leave what your home. You leave what you know, and then you explore the unknown. You have a wise mentor. You you gain uh, allies. You you gain new allies and new enemies along the way, and then you have the ordeal, and then you ultimately uh, end up at the same point that you started but but you're a bettered person in some way like like you come back what, whatever the story is you come back to your village you come back to mm-hmm. like and and, and you're you're wiser yeah kind of thing you know it's not about male female or anything like that it, it, it's the hero's journey like literally just leaving your home going to college and going to school or whatever mm-hmm. it is you know like that that's kind of like everyone's beginning journey in that hero's journey that that cyclic yeah. kind of thing you know you yeah. meet new people you 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 learn new things you 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 add that to your creativity and then and, you know and then, and then you're birthed back into uh the world that you began and 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 that's such a beautiful story and and it's again it's found in all cultures and I'm so, again yeah. i'm sorry i'm rambling here but that is exactly what this story is as well. The 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 mm-hmm. beastmaster, like like you know, he like he doesn't know who he is. He he has these abilities. He's called to do to go on a journey, whether it be through spiritual means or what or physical means or whatever. But like you know, and and then he he starts harnessing his abilities. He learns how to see through the hawk and see through the like like and speak to the animals and yeah. so so. I love the the concept of the hero's journey. I do too. Yeah, it's like, great. It, it's so beautiful. This one definitely follows it. It's almost kind of like, you know, like when you describe it, it's almost and then you're you know, you know like you go back at cyclical. It's like you're being the hero is being reborn. So they go back to like the same environment but they're but when they go through this process they become reborn no, as a completely Exactly. They yeah, they yeah. that's the whole part of it. It's like whenever the hero the hero returns to their home they're bettered they're they're yeah. they're well they're much more well versed and in whatever it is you're you're telling the story whether it be sci-fi 
like yeah. Star Wars or or Lord of the Rings, where it's fantasy or whatever it is. Like that's the cycle of it, and, and there's little cycles like that throughout everyone's life. It's basically how growth works, like mm-hmm. internal growth works. You know, I mean, yeah, you can tell a fantastical story with that, but ultimately. You know, every human being, whatever lens you want to look through it as, like it, it all has that. Like it, the formula is the same. You know, you, like you 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 go out, you leave your comfort zone, mm-hmm. you go into the unknown, you learn, you have a mentor, you you know, and and then you come back to where you began, and you're evolved. Yeah, you know? that's true. Yeah. So, yeah, it totally fits this movie. Actually, I didn't even that. think of the hero's journey with this movie, but it absolutely fits it. Yeah, this this movie absolutely fits the hero's journey mold. Yeah, it's great, and it's a great and it's a great mold for movies to follow too, because it works almost every single time when they follow it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love that. I mean, that that was again. That was one of the, a, after I watched uh, the first bit where we were talking about the witches and mm-hmm. everything and how it, how it relates to greek gods and stuff yeah. and you know and the second thing i really noticed was that it was like oh this is this is the hero's journey this is exactly what the hero's journey is yeah like what do you think you know, he, about- he doesn't know who yeah. he is like, like he he's a great like 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 kind of like the matrix the matrix kind of oh, definitely put, yeah, the matrix sure. yeah. puts it to a t and they mm-hmm. literally say you know the one and and all that and neo yeah and, the you prophecy know, kind of yeah, a great yeah. movie i uh, i love that movie but but that that is the perfect example of the hero's journey yeah yeah what do you think that's besides the hero's one. journey is uh, with this movie appeals to all, like such a wide variety of people what do you think it is about this movie that appeals to such a general audience i i think it i think it's um I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to dim, like make it, I don't want to simplify it to a word, but I think it's just like the nature, like literally nature, like, like mm-hmm. it's um, cause, cause we, I mean, as humans nowadays, we're all civilized. We have technology, we have phones and stuff, but like, I think there's something innate in us that loves like nature, like, mm-hmm. like, you know, Native Americans and hunting with bow and arrows and, and and you know covering yourself in mud I, i'm so, I, I, just, <laughs> yeah. I, I just i just i just watched the end of predator right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> come on yeah. but but <laughs> I, i'm saying like i think i think there's like an unspoken thing in our subconscious that just there's something about living in the woods and thriving in the woods thriving in nature mm. and doing and, and you know protecting your love you know it, it's that's kind of ingrained in mm-hmm. us you know it doesn't matter how you know high up you are in society it's like there's there there's something in our dna that just loves to see raw nature hunting bow and arrow you know no guns no technology mm-hmm. just you know you know like like connecting with nature kind of thing and and that's what i think this movie really holds is mm-hmm. is especially the main character you know and and it's so great because he he's he's almost 
he's almost ambiguous to it. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't kind of, he doesn't kind of fully understand his ability, but yeah. he, but he, he, he knows he can do it and he does it. He just naturally does it kind of thing, yeah. you know? And, and that's one of the big things I loved about the movie was just like, like it, it's the hero's journey. He, he's just, he, you know, he doesn't know what he has to do. He's called to do something. He has this ability. He, and and then he goes and does it and then he perfects it and becomes stronger and stronger mentally and physically. Exactly. Like you said, just like Luke from star Wars, Mm -hmm. that's exactly that. That's probably one of the most perfect examples right there. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's really what I took away from the film was just, it's like the Rocky movie. Yeah. Essentially, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you know, everyone loves the underdog, you know, the yeah. underdog that kind of rises to the occasion and has to do something and, and at first doesn't want to do it and, and doesn't think they can do it. And then ultimately they do it. And like, I, you know, that that's just an inspiring story to me. And, and yeah, I'm sorry to ramble again. But oh no, no, yeah, yeah, you're right. No, no, that, I think that's it's like what, yeah, that's what I took away from the movie. Yeah, nature, like bonding with nature, and like you notice how, like, whenever you're, you feel down or whatnot, and you go to like you take a hike or something, and you're in nature, your spirits are instantly lifted. There's a there's a yep. big human connection with nature. With wanting absolutely, to bond with nature. absolutely, yeah. yeah, and yeah. yeah, and that's that's what I love about the Joe Rogan podcast, mm-hmm. like you mentioned before that. Uh, because he's a hunter and he goes in the woods yeah. and, and whenever he has people on he he has physicists on and and doctors and stuff on and and then he brings that element to it and then they discuss it and i i just i just love i just love how everything's connected you yeah. know what i mean like i think that's yeah. the best way to put it like no matter how high or low your technology is or how high or low you think your ego is or whatever it is like everything kind of boils down to a specific point yeah. you know that, that that any person on earth can relate to you know so and i mean i love sci-fi films but like i love like stories in general like whether it be a campfire story or a book you read or something, but like I love, I love when it's like narrowed down to basic instincts, like humans, yeah. basic instinct, like you know, like you know, kind of thing, like real primal yeah. kind of. Yeah, there's some primal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there are like what I know. And I, again, I don't want to sound negative, but like, yeah, that's yeah, 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 pri- yeah primal instincts. But again, I don't want. I don't think that's a negative. Not yeah, at all. Like, yeah. yeah, like we have that in us and we, we merge that with our intelligence that we have today. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Like, well, I think there's more of kind of a nostalgia, uh, nostalgia for it. The more that we get into technology and the more that we're separated from yeah. nature and the outside world, the more that we're in the, in the inside world or the matrix, the more nostalgia we have for movies like this that take place in the outside world and bond with nature and everything that, or from like a different time where everything is kind of like more simple and they don't have the advanced weapons and stuff like that. Right. Except the right. crazy magic they got. We can't have technology duplicate that, but yeah. um, I did notice <laughs> yeah. that there was a lot of different, I was like, maybe the way, be one of the big appeals to this movie is that there's so many different genres in it too because there's a total horror element in it 
There's oh, a, yeah. there's a sword and sorcery. Well, there's, there, there, there's, there, yeah, there's horror, there's softcore porn. There's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There's, For a PG movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So I think it's, yeah, it has multiple genres for sure. And it's it's hilarious too. They're like slaying all these people, and then they have the nudity and stuff. And they're oh, let's have a cute little scene with the animals here. And then like I've over, <laughs> overall be well, family. Well, I mean, arguably, I mean, <laughs> I I mean, I don't. I'm not in the mindset of the creators of the story, but mm-hmm. arguably, I mean, that's how it was. Yeah, in those times. I mean, like yeah. you didn't you didn't have a concept of anything else, like. It's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, we'll we'll meet these people in the woods, we'll have sex, yeah, okay, whatever, and then we'll go on and about our lives, and then and then yeah, and then oh we get go into like a kingdom and yeah. oh I become king or <laughs> like it's kind of like this very um obtuse, profuse kind of thing, like and we understand that today, but I think I know this movie's a fantasy, but when I say back then or whatever, you you know what I mean? Like, it, mm-hmm. like, like back in time, like in medieval times where governments and stuff didn't really prevail, but yeah, um, that's something that was their everyday life. And, and that was normal. You know what I mean? Like that's, there's no right or wrong to it kind of thing. Yeah. Like I could go out in the woods and meet somebody and have sex today or get killed by like an ogre or something. Exactly. Yeah. It's like a random roll of the dice. I mean, that's the, (laughs) what's the term? That's the, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? That's the harsh nature. Like nature is harsh. (laughs) Like nature will kill you. Nature will kill you and nature will love you. (laughs) Like it's like, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Nature has no, boundary like it's there's a term for it nature has no um it doesn't pick favorites it can affect any patience yeah. is yeah. the word you know like, like it has no, like it, it can take you it can birth you kind of yeah. thing you know like a mother you know it, it can you know you have no say in it you know it's just yeah yeah you could but, be seeing this like majestic scenery and then have a, like a tiger just run up behind you and eat your head or something. Exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. Those two things at the same time. And, yeah. and animals and and anim- predatorial animals like tigers and bears, uh, apex predators will yeah. just eat you alive while oh, yeah. you while you're laying there screaming like they don't they don't care. Like yeah. that's you know, and that's the harsh reality of nature. Nature's <laughs> nature is a bitch. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, and and, uh, and again, we're a part of nature, yeah. though. Also, that's yeah, why exactly. that's well, why yeah. that's why humans are so ter- terrible because we come from nature. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, we're probably we barely, like, we barely probably just the... came out of chimpanzee age. Like we're, we still hate each other. Like yeah, we're probably like probably like the worst of the species of all the species. Yeah, because yeah. we have the capability for greater evil because yeah. we can. Plot the only the only thing that evil. separates us is our intelligence. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like the fact that we're able to create something one year and the next year create, create it again, better the next year, yeah. create it again, better. Like, like we like, and, and that that's one of the traits I'm sorry if I'm rambling again, but that's, again, that's something I was watching on Rogan's podcast mm-hmm. was about animals. So like all animals, like bees are a good example. Like bee, like all animal, like so many animals just remain what they are yeah 
kind of thing. But like we're the yeah. only animal, we're the only animal that progresses like constantly. Like we okay, we, learn, yeah. we we invent a tool, then we learn how to use the tool, then we make the tool better, and then we keep going and and, and so on and so forth. So like we constantly progress. So we're the only that's that's what separates us from the animals is that yeah. we are we progress like and and it's and it's at a very very fast rate right yeah. now you know like yeah, chips absolutely. are getting smaller and smaller and smaller oh, yeah. and smaller you know phones are getting smaller and smaller so you know everything's getting more and so everything's speeding up you know and everyone's in a hurry everyone's doing their job everyone's doing this and this oh i gotta do this and this and this and we're the only animal on the planet that does that yeah, we're going to destroy ourselves because uh, robots will murder us in about five yeah. years here. No, I, I think so, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't want to. I mean, I want to be optimistic. Like, I yeah. know I'm sh- I know there's an avenue mm-hmm. that we can go down that's not that. I think a machine is going to be a machine first before it turns into, like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's exactly like how we operate as humans. You know, like when you're one, two years old, you just operate instinctively. You know, you look at yeah. something. You know, I have an I have a one year old niece that I babysit, and uh, she's just constantly grabbing things and like, right. Yeah, yeah. They explore like, everything. You know, yeah. Like, like so, <laughs> and, and learning. So, so I think I think machines will kind of go through that as well before they become like before they take over kind of thing you know but but i don't know it's it's a very blurred line like with with that you know um i can see us destroying ourselves easily but at the same time you know again i think i'm just optimistic but like i feel like there is an avenue that we still have that we can go down where we can still have AI, where we can yeah. still create machines and, and they protect us. Are they like, rather than seeing like in the movies, you see AI <laughs> yeah. looking at humanity, like <laughs> as a virus. Oh, we, okay. Yeah. Oh, that you're the problem. And, <laughs> but I think if you program that into an AI that, okay, yeah, we know that's the problem. That's why we're creating you. That's why mm-hmm. we're making AI. That's, I mean, your your purpose is to help us, you know, please, you know, if if we have that mentality, that mentality and not, oh, I created you and I'm in charge of you and I own right. you kind of thing, you know, instead of that, we have the acceptance of it. You know, you just like having a child, you know, you create yeah. a life form, you you want to connect with it you want to you know show it right from wrong and and good from evil and things like that so i think i think that avenue is still possible yeah absolutely i think i probably just watched too many horror movies yeah Yeah. i'm sorry if i'm rambling again but like i mean you're hitting on these topics that i've been thinking about for the past two weeks but yeah yeah no you're right absolutely i mean i yeah, I, I I want to remain optimistic. I mean, I mean, what else can you do? If if everyone's thinking negatively, then yeah, that will happen. But if you know you got some people that are, you know, hoping and have a good heart and and you know, I I, I think it is possible. 
I think, you know, I and think, you never know. Even I, if the robots I, I are going to destroy I have us, trust in humanity. You know, forgive me. <laughs> well, maybe we'll have, maybe even if the robots are here to enslave us, they'll just put us in the Matrix and we'll have a lot of fun in there. And we yeah. won't even know the difference. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen, have you seen the Animatrix? Yes, it's awesome. Yeah. Have, okay. Fantastic. What we were just talking about mm-hmm. relates, I think the last video or the last uh, short film in that series is um, the one that was made by the creator of Neon Flux. Remember? Oh, right on. Where they, where, they yeah. cap- where they capture the machine and they put them into the Matrix and they teach it like love and mm-hmm. and how to sacrifice yourself for another person. Like they, they teach it like these things through psychedelic imagery. At yeah. first, I didn't like the mm-hmm. that 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 series, that, and now it's my favorite. And, yeah. and then and then it ends with. I'm sorry, spoilers here. You've seen it though, right? Spoilers yeah. here. Spoilers here. But um, and the the short film ends with the machine. Every all the humans have been killed by the machines because and the machine was like he came out. He came out of the matrix and he was and. I don't want to say cured, but like, you know, he had like a human mind. Yeah. Protected the people and he, tr- or he tried to protect everyone gets killed except him. And then the, the last shot of that small f- short film was that robot like sitting on the mountain, like just, just looking at all these dead bodies and looking at everything through a different mind. And then it just ends. So it, it's like, what is he thinking? You know, he's yeah. this machine that just got turned into a human, essentially. And I, I just love how thought provoking that is, you know, like it's like, yeah, you create an AI intelligence and yeah, it can conquer and destroy and, and be this horrible thing. But then if it learns like the concept of life, you know, like e- even as a human being, you and I, you know, you wouldn't look, you wouldn't walk up to a to a rose or a flower and crush it and destroy it and like oh right. no you you'd walk up and like like oh I appreciate the color I appreciate the smell I appreciate like I I want to protect this thing kind of you kind of thing you know like it's beautiful so I want to I want to make sure it remains beautiful kind of thing and, and that's and that's what they showed in that short film I love that that's my optimism in in the view of ai and machine. Oh, yeah good uh, god like like yeah <laughs> i like that perspective yeah yeah definitely yeah i should probably adapt that more <laughs> so <laughs> okay, just a thought so, just a thought yeah. uh, so don't, for, get, don't get don't get me wrong like i i have dark thoughts and and i i'm a very well aware of all the dark <laughs> stuff yeah don't worry <laughs> Speaking of like nihilism, uh, Beastmaster is probably one of the most inappropriate PG movies ever made, even though it was close to being R at the time, because or even though like um, even though there was just PG and R rating at that time, because it was marketed as a family movie. There's all this like crazy oh, weird, like horror shit going on in there, and yeah. well, because the animals and stuff, and it's easy to market that way. But so, but there's all this crazy horror stuff going on. There's the witches. There's like those bat creatures that take people, like put their arms around people, and just like goo and bones come out of the bottom of them. There's just all this like crazy, like nightmarish imagery. And then at the end of the or towards the end of the movie, straight up, 
the cult leader is just throwing small children into the altar, sacrificing them into a fire. <laughs> before before he even like goes and saves the kid, he's like, oh, I'm gonna throw this kid into the into the fire to sacrifice it for the evil god. Yeah. And, like, and all the villagers are watching, and the parents are like, please don't take my kid. And and then Beastmaster gets there and he has his animal save one of like the eagle save one of the other kids. I'm like, well, you just well too late. You just showed us more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that, that was that was a little rocky writing. Yeah, they would never. They're showing shit. They would never. Oh, and then like the like the palace guards, they basically take these like little leeches, like in Star Trek Two those little leeches in people's ears goes into their brain like rots their brain and then they just put this like helmet of them and just like put these screws into their heads and totally make them into zombies I'm like there is so much crazy shit going on in this movie for a pg movie yeah. which is both like kind of horrifying and awesome at the same time yeah but i uh, I, we, I, f- I think that's the best way to describe yeah. it yeah it's horrifying and awesome <laughs> but then there's these great things like the bomb that he has with the animals like the the ferrets and everything are so cute the little ferrets that he hangs out with. And actually the, the producer in the movie said that he liked the ferrets so much that he had one of them as a pet for like a long time. And he said they're oh, great wow. pets. Wait, one have... of the, wait, who kept, who kept it as a pet? Uh, the guy, like the co-writer, his name is Paul Pepperman in the, in the commentary, he was saying that, that he liked the ferrets so much that he had one of them as a pet for a number oh, of years. Okay. He said they make great pets, but they have very sharp teeth. So if they yeah. bite, you know, if they're playing with well, you, they're, they're bite you, yeah. Well, ferrets are. Um, I follow. I follow someone in YouTube called uh, the Mink Man. He trains mink, huh. and, a, and a mink is exactly like a ferret, but it's but it's the animalistic version, kind of like dogs yeah. to wolves. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Like ferrets are like dogs, and then minks are like the wolves. Like they're like the wild ones. And uh, yeah, and I don't know if you knew this. They're semi-aquatic. Oh, like otters like did you know that like they they do kind of look like like they 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 can swim and die they can swim and dive and they catch their food under the water and like fish and and um yeah they're they're um they're a semi-aquatic animal so i didn't know isn't isn't that interesting Yeah. yeah 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 they're awesome and apparently like mark singer who plays dar in the movie he got along with the ferrets really well. He said they were super easy to get along with and they were super friendly. And he said that like the tiger, he goes, you, yeah. And I was like, when I was watching the movie, especially when they were talking about how they had to have the tiger away from the kids and stuff, because they're saying they can't train um, a panther or, or panthers are very hard to train. That's why they had to have a tiger, but there's, there's shots in that. Well, movie panthers, where, panthers, just a black Jaguar. Yeah. But go ahead. Sorry. Go on. Uh, but there's, like after hearing that and when i was watching the movie he's walking next to the tiger and sometimes i'll kind of like slap the tiger like, good job boy and i'm like well if that tiger doesn't like you like, you know and that like they don't have enough people close by to stop him if the tiger were to attack him yeah um but it's like that you must have to have like he had to have had some kind of a symbiotic relationship with the animals for no them exactly with them and not i was him. yeah I was just going to bring that up because, um, again, I watched a Joe Rogan podcast where he had Mike Tyson on and he has yeah. pet tigers or he's had oh, right, pet right. tigers. And he was he was explaining the difference between like tigers and panthers and, and lions and stuff like like a lion has a family like they they like to be around mm-hmm. a, a bunch of people mm-hmm. like but a, a tiger attaches to you if a tiger loves you and is your companion 
and they see you interacting with another person or another animal or another, and they get really jealous Oh damn! Because because <laughs> yeah. of how because because of mm-hmm. just because of how their mind chemistry is kind yeah. of thing. So that's an interesting fact with the with big cats. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that that's totally interesting. Yeah, that they would get super jealous. Yeah, that makes sense if they bond with you that well that they would. Yeah, yeah. it was almost be like a like a protective kind of thing. Like, yeah, this is yeah, this is my male companion. But, and, but yeah, oh, but yeah. But, a, but a lion a lion has the complete opposite yeah. mentality. Like. I mean, not that you have lions as pets, but I'm just saying, like, just the way they operate. Like, a lion yeah. is has like, because you know they have prides and stuff. Yeah, and they're used to having families, so that's how their mind works. So yeah. you can hang out with a lion with a bunch of people and hang out and cuddle and and mm-hmm. like a kitten kind of thing, yeah. you know. But but a tiger attaches and we'll we'll get jealous yeah <laughs> yeah anyway I, I just i just found that interesting that's cool yeah that is one thing i liked about the movie was the primitive dialogue yeah like mm-hmm. like it wasn't like like they weren't using words like and and the right. and stuff like it was very like you know how you would envision a primitive language to be you know yeah. like like move this here, Eric. Oh, I, I <laughs> yeah. want this. You know, like oh, oh, color. You know, which yeah. is kind of like how Tarzan talks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you would True. say yeah. So, so that's another <laughs> thing I kind of noticed. <laughs> like, I like how that decision was made. Like, let, yeah. I mean, let's not have them speak full, or at least the main character, like not speak full sentences, perfect grammar. You know, yeah, like yeah. it's very, I'll say, tribal it's very tribal you know this like you only say what needs to be said you know that's something i noticed and i liked yeah Uh, yeah for sure yeah the dialogue yeah that's very kind of conan adjacent yeah (laughs) yeah do you know the um eagle's name or the hawk whatever not no you don't know his name Mm -hmm. you sure yeah sherlock oh yeah i wouldn't have known so like sherlock without the oh right on that's Sherlock. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the name of the bird that he uh right on can see through. Yeah, yeah. he did name them all. Yeah, because the ferrets you name like Kodo and yeah, they all have names and, and the bird is Sherlock. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, right on. Okay, cool. I think that might be my last note. Yeah. <laughs> we oh, talked awesome. about all that stuff. Yeah, I think we covered pretty much everything. Oh, I didn't want to know. So before before we uh, go to the, the closing thoughts here, um, I was gonna say is they they actually, Don Coscarelli was talking about how he lost, they like lost the negative, like somebody took the negative or it disappeared. They really? actually got the rights back. So they had lost the rights to Beastmaster for a long time. That's why they weren't involved in the sequels or the TV series or anything. They actually, oh. sold, they actually sold the rights to it flat out. He got the rights back now. He's trying to find the original negative for Beastmaster to restore it. So we may actually get in the future, we may see some beastmaster sequel he may do a beastmaster reboot coming from uh, coscarelli the original director which would be awesome like yeah. that would be that would be the only way i'd That'd actually want to see any kind of remake of this one if the if the original director is doing it but maybe they could do stuff now that he couldn't back then although i kind of i like i'm i have a fondness we've talked about this before for all the practical effects and everything so how do you think like this how do you like watching this movie again how do you think how do you view it now as when you saw it like as a kid um how is it like how did it affect you as a kid and how does it affect you now almost almost completely differently yeah 
because because you know when you watch something like that as a kid you know you're kind of just focused on the fantastical stuff you know mm-hmm. oh, like like oh he can talk to animals and oh and like you're you're kind of like more focused on that and then you grow up and you watch it again and you understand like all the symbology or, or the symbolism like you yeah. you understand like it's like oh that's what they're saying in this scene whether what even if there's nudity or gore or or whatever it is you know like you can watch a scene and be like oh i think okay that's what the writer and director was trying to say with this scene kind of thing you know like it, it's not just visual it's 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 mental and verbal mm-hmm. like like you know you 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 notice that much more you know kind of thing and 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 that's true for i think for any movie you would watch as a young person and grow up and watch again you know like you you see it through a different lens you know you yeah. see it through you know i i don't want to say kid and adult because you know you you can be an adult and you know 10 years go by and you're still an adult but you'll mm-hmm. watch and it's still and then something you watch or hear is different in some way yeah so i think a good word for it would be timeless you know yeah absolutely um, you know for like sure. you, um you know you're a kid you, you can show it to your kids mm-hmm watch it have fun you can see them laugh and oh i like the bird oh i like the ferrets and oh i like the the, the, you know and then a couple years go by and you see it through different lens like oh okay oh okay there's this there's the sexual element oh okay there's the there's the oh okay i see and then you know and then you get older and older and you go back and watch something and you kind of and then you understand like the whole thing like oh i understand this entire message of the story mm-hmm. of, of the movie you know like like going back and watching star wars you, you go back yeah. and watch the original star wars movie you can you can see all the things that you love as a kid that, that attracted you you know the robots and, mm-hmm. and, and 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 the lasers oh cool and, and then you go back and watch it when you're much older like like even 30 years later mm-hmm. you go back and watch it and then you start seeing all of the symbolism you start seeing all of the it's like oh that's what that was about like it wasn't about the lightsaber it was about it was about what he was saying you know kind of thing you know and yeah yeah. so anyway that's what um i think i think this movie is very very timeless yeah absolutely i agree absolutely 100 timeless i when i was a kid Growing up and watching this movie, I was like, you know what? When I'm an adult, I'm going to have a bunch of animal friends run around and have adventures and everything's going to be really fun. Uh, that shit did not uh, work out that way when I grew up. Um, but but watching yeah. this movie again as an adult, <laughs> when I was a kid, the horror stuff like really stuck out my mind. It's like, man, these bird creatures freaked me out. And that stuff they poured on their heads freaked yeah. me out. And the witches and the eyeballs freaked me out. And the cult leader, all that stuff like freaked me out. No, I'm watching it again. It didn't doesn't freak me out as much, but I was like, this still has an impact. And uh, first right. thing I thought is, yeah. I was like, this movie is freaking badass for yeah. a PG, like for a PG, even like uh, like a lot of R movies nowadays. It's a pretty badass movie, and it's yeah. awesome. Like, there's constantly awesome shit happening in this movie. Yeah, like whether he's getting into adventures or meeting animals or crazy weird like magical stuff, absolutely or, like, sorcery stuff. Uh, Espe- especially, a- especially with um, practical effects. <laughs> yeah, like I think the thing is a great example like yeah 
it's like yeah it's terrifying you're horrified because in your mind it's real and you're mm-hmm. when you're young but then you grow up and watch it and it's still great but then you're th- but then your mind's thinking wow who who did these prosthetics like it's, it's yeah. like wow who did you know like like i remember the first i think one of my first big realizations was when i learned jim henson Mm-hmm. who did all the sesame street and the yeah, yeah. the muppets and mm-hmm. all that like one of my first big realizations was when i learned that his studio made the ninja turtle outfits yeah. uh-huh. the original yeah. ninja turtle movie the body That's suit right. with mm-hmm. the animatronics like like oh kind of awesome. thing. And whenever yeah. i learned that was jim henson i was like okay there, there there's a bigger world out mm-hmm. there than what i think is out there kind of thing you know that was my like i think i was like 12 or something like that but i was like oh okay yeah I, I was like okay there there's a huge creative pro and then you get older and you learn how it takes years just to make a movie mm-hmm. you know like especially an animated movie oh, yeah it takes yeah. even more I've, I've i've talked about this with many people like a movie is like every artist coming together to make something like you have, <laughs> you have the musician that does that composes the artwork, all the, all the people that do that. You have the lighting, the sound, you know, the director that the actors, you know, the color, the light, like, like, like everything has to look right, you know, and then everything comes together to make this like one and a half hour, two hour movie. And it goes through all these trial and errors kind of thing. So I always, think i i think like a movie is like an ultimate art form like Mm -hmm. it dates it dates back to just sitting around a campfire and someone telling a story you know without technology or anything like that someone singing a song around a campfire and you know telling a spooky story or a action story or whatever it is you know so you have all these thousands of people that make a movie that one and a half hour film inspires others oh yeah you want inspires others to do that as well to to go out and create kind of thing you know so so that that's just a beautiful thing to me you know i I, I love i love movies i love them yeah Yeah. sparks the imagination for like somebody else to like for for anybody whether it be just a random scene someone walks in in a room and sees a scene from titanic or whatever it is or and or or hears a song from a movie and it's projected well visually in the movie and and that inspires you like like a romantic comedy kind of has those beautiful 80s songs and 90s songs that that are very uplifting and you're like oh wow like I want like it makes you want to fall in love kind of thing yeah. or whatever it is you know like it's just it's just 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 the fact that thousands of people come together to make an hour and a half two hour movie that has music visuals acting has all these art forms in it and someone can see that and that just like spawns their creativity you know yeah like, absolutely that, that, yeah and that's exactly how influence works. I mean, basically, I mean, whether it be a song or whether it be just being a blogger, I mean, I know it's kind of become a little petty now, you know, you can become a blogger and be an influencer and stuff, but like 
that can influence someone to do something great, you know, yeah, and, and that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's the beautiful, that's why it's consistent. That's why it keeps going on. Like, like that's like the ultimate goal is to inspire another heart, yeah, you know, yeah. like that, that's how I see it. But yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And since movies are immortal, they will, they'll inspire people till the end of time. And yeah. our consensus on Beastmaster, I believe, is that it is a timeless classic, and it's freaking awesome. And you, I could, I could kind of watch this. I, and the thing is, is too maybe that why it's so popular is because there are so many different genre blends in it. You don't really have to be in a certain kind of mood to watch Beastmaster. It's sort of you could kind of, kind yeah. of watch it anytime. Everybody, anytime yeah. anybody would pull it, pop it on, I would watch it for at least like half an hour or something. I mean, it's a, yeah. it's a sweet movie, and I think it's it's held the test time very well. And like you said, timeless classic. So that is it for this episode of Dead Harvey Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And Jefferson, go ahead and promote your artwork. Um, I have a few good things uh, under Apgar Arts. Uh, you can check me out at T Public, T Fury, also Ripped Apparel. You, um, you're good to go. Yeah, anything you like. Yeah, I don't really have anything uh, recent in the past two weeks, but. Um, there's plenty to go around. I have over 200 designs and I think you'll definitely enjoy what you see. I would say that's a pretty good size catalog for people to choose from. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. Jefferson's got it's a all, lot it's all, it's all pop culture, you know, yeah. Star Wars, Marvel, I, DC, it's all pop culture. So, and they're really creative and, and fun designs. So yeah, def- definitely check it out. And thank you so much, uh, Jefferson, for being our guest here today. It was really fun talking to you about Beastmaster, the classic movie Beastmaster, and revisiting that again. And uh, thanks so much for listening. And we'll see you next time on the Dead Harvey Podcast. And until next time, stick to the roads. Stay away from the moors. (laughs) 